Hallelujah. I want to pray for something miraculous today. Um, and if it does happen, it will be probably one of the most incredible, most miraculous things that happened in my life besides uh, my children, grandchildren, marrying my wife, getting out of the COVID unit. Um, but the miraculous thing that I want to happen today is that I can share this message in about 35 minutes. My wife said, more is not better. She said, I go on a lot of rabbi trails, like a little rabbit down different holes. And um, So I'm going I'm to just pray that we can keep, stay focused. And then I'm going to ask Yahweh to incline your ears and have miraculous ears to hear because I'm going to speak very fast. But everybody who spoke this morning stepped all over this message. And we had a, what are you now, 17, 18? How old are you? 17? We just had a 17 come up here and was trying to find a place in God's word so he could get excited again and he could, he could, he could, get, he could get pumped up. But what changed the whole narrative of how he was feeling this week was the thing that I'm going to talk about today, and that's he opened a word. He opened a word. And so many times we get caught in situations, happenings. Puts us in a, in a turmoil. Doug talked about it, discouragement. Today I'm going to talk about something that is so very, very, very simple, and it's called attitude. And we should live every day with the attitude of gratitude. And you're going to be hearing today from someone who has changed his attitude so many times, but for the first time in my life, I have the fear of God. I have the fear of Yahweh Elohim. I shared this with my wife and my wife only because it's, there's a part of it that's a little bit embarrassing, but when I got into the COVID unit, I'm on my third, fourth day, and I was scared to death, and I had absolutely no control over anything that was going on. Whether the medicine they had in them had pig in it, whether the doctor was straight or gay, all those things that we try to pick when we have choose. Oh, I don't want to go to that doctor because I heard. Oh, I don't want to take that because I hear it has this in it. I was in a situation where I literally had to trust God. And whatever it was that they were going to put into my system, he'll take all things and turn around for his good for those who love the Lord and call according to his servant. But I told my wife there was a time when I truly felt like our Savior was going to walk in the room, and I was not ready. And I closed my eyes in this dark room, and I begged, please not today. Give me a few days, but not today. I truly wasn't ready. 
And of course, like, like he is, he was merciful. And then I smelled something in the room like I've never smelled before, ever in my life. I was telling my wife I was shopping a couple of weeks ago at, at Walmart, and she told me to get some, some dishwashing liquid and some soap powder and get some, some fabric softener. And they got so many different fabric softeners. And I literally was in the aisle opening up and trying to find that smell. Is it mountain mist? Is it lavender? Is it rosemary? What, what, is, what was that smell that I smelled in that room? I still have no idea. I never smelt it before. And I've never smelt it since. But I do know he was in that room. He was in that room. And in those 14 days, my attitude started to change. So many times we think we have the great attitude. And we want other people to have the same attitude that we have. But I tell you what, I had the wrong attitude. And he straightened me out. So many times God will get our attention and we, we straighten it out and, and then like Pastor Mark says, we have a slow fade. Has anybody ever been to the dentist and the dentist give you a dental floss? Well, when he gives me that little thing of dental floss, I use it religiously for about two days. Don't have time for it. Tired of wrapping it around my fingers. I'm tired of don't, but I was looking at my dental floss the other day. My wife asked me to clean out my medicine cabinet. I was looking at my dental floss the other day, and I said, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if there was a mental floss where we could just open up someone else's mind and floss it and get rid of all the little build-up stuff that they have? But our attitude is so important. And Jeremiah had an attitude this week. And it was an attitude of frustration, discouragement. Why me? And what he decided to do was he decided to go to the word and go, why not me? Because this is where the answer is. If we all had the attitude of that little boy who claimed he was the best pitcher in the world, Mark, he claimed he was the best pitcher in the world, and he threw that ball up and whoop, strike one. Picked it up. Said, I'm the best batter in the world. I'm the best batter in the world. I'm going I'm to change this narrative. He picked it up again and whoop, strike two. He said, oh, man, are you kidding me? I am the best batter in the world. I'm going to hit a home run. He picked it up again and whoop, strike three. He looked at that ball, he picked it up, he goes, well, I just realized I am the best pitcher in the world. And no matter what is thrown our way, we have to make sure that we are prepared to catch it with a great attitude. And what I have found out, when I was caught in a situation where I had no control and nothing else to give, that song, Gratitude, said it by in gratitude. I have nothing left for the king except my arms open wide in gratitude. That if you do absolutely nothing else for me today, nothing else for me for the rest of my life, 
I have to walk in gratitude for all that you've taken me through in spite of where I am now. And I'm going to share with you some real simple steps on how to scripturally, Paul talks about it in Philippians. It gives us a, a, just a, an outline of how to keep the right attitude. But first of all, before I can go any further, we all have to agree and find some common ground on where does our attitude start? How do you differentiate good attitudes from bad attitudes? The high road from the low road, from the middle road. How, how can we all in this room agree where we all are? An attitude starts with happenings. Something happens. Whether we plan it or it just comes to pass. But the very first attitude that we all have is when we are gifted with something, planned something, or shown something that gets us excited. Would you agree that if Pastor Mark said everyone in this room has two weeks to get their act together financially, job-wise, husband, wife, kids, everything, because we are paying an all-expense trip to Israel in two weeks, and we're all going. How many of us would get excited? How many of us would tell our boss, I can't be there? How many of us would get every obstacle in the way out of the way? And Mark was going to give us a $500 per diem also. See, it gets even more exciting. So can we agree that when something happens, the very first phase that we go through is what? Excitement. Would you agree? Excitement will last anywhere from four to six weeks in all situations. Remember, BJ, remember when you decided to get married? Now, we're not talking about how you feel now, but, but back, I'm just, just kidding. But do you remember how you felt when you, when you were going to see that young lady walk up the aisle? You were what? Excited. Remember when that baby was born? Now, we're not talking about all the restless nights. Not now, but the day that baby was born. Was there any work, job, situation going to come in your way of being there? Absolutely not. It's amazing how things happen that are great when we're excited. You know what happens when we're excited? We what? We smile a lot. Have you ever saw somebody that was excited that did not smile? All expense trip to Israel. Really, man? Really? My wife went for two weeks, and she had a great time. I mean, she wished I was there. But yeah, no, that, 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 it's not in our mindset. When something great and good is happening, we smile a lot. You know what else we do a lot when we're excited? We what? Talk a lot. 
And when we talk a lot, when we're excited, it's always what? Positive. It's always positive. Have you ever heard anybody talk negative about the bride walking up the aisle? Oh, she's wearing a white dress. Oh, are you kidding me? Huh? She did. Oh, she's a... No, when you're excited, you, you, you just, I remember my dad and I watching Kelly walk down the aisle and, and we were just talking. He said, man, she's beautiful. I said, dad, oh my goodness. He said, boy, you should have seen your mother when she was walking up that aisle 50 something years ago. That memory still remains. You see, exciting moments always are things we never forget. Us that are up in age, we can go, I remember the time when my daddy took me. I remember the time when I saw my first. I remember the time when I got. It's amazing what excitement does to our spirit. So we smile a lot. We talk a lot. It's all positive. Guess what happens to our energy level? What did I say? In two weeks, we're going to get a lot done. We're going to get a lot done because we're going to Israel, man. Our energy level is through the roof. Our productivity level is through, through the roof. You go to job, you get a job, and you go in there for the first time, and you're excited. What do you say to that boss all the time? You say what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Four to six weeks later. I ain't doing it to people around here. They just... I remember 37 years ago when Kelly and I got married. I was a yes man. Yes, baby, I'll put out the garbage. Yes, I'll do that. Yes. Yes, I'll do it again. Yes, I'll fix that. Four to six weeks later, I'm attitude just kind of like, come on, really? I mean, come on, you can't help me with this? Come on, man. I mean, and you start with all this, we're in this together. It wasn't like that when you said, I do, because you were the man. Why were you the man? Because you were excited. Positive energy happens when you're excited. But something happens. Something happens like what Jeremiah went through. Something happens like what Don went through two Sukkots ago when that car got flipped. Wow, what a great, what a great, wonderful, wonderful Sukkot. Then all of a sudden, boom, my daughters, oh, my goodness. Remember that day, Don? It takes that exciting attitude and changes it in a heartbeat. My wife and I wake up one Sunday morning, Father's Day weekend. We just have it such a great time. And we get a phone call from my daughter and said, screaming. Mama Jeremiah got electrocuted. That sweet bed, that sweet moment, that sweet coffee just turned into OMG. And that's who we need to call on. Our Yahweh Elohim, our king. But things will happen. Things happen whether we like it or not. Kathy and Steve, several years ago, on their way to Shabbat, oh, the rest of the week is over. It's a time of rest. And all of a sudden, pow! Remember the tire? 
had to pull up on the side of the road 30 miles from, we need help. Who did she call? Community. But there was a moment there that excitement turned into what? Real simple. Frustration. Would you agree? Would you agree? If we're not excited about something, something terrible happens, we get frustrated. Frustration causes what? Causes our smiles to turn into what? Frowns. Oh, when we're frustrated, we're going to talk a lot. But it's going to be what? It's negative. When we're frustrated, we're going to look for people to have a pity party with. We're going to try to find some cheerleaders. We're going to try to find some people who want to get involved in my narrative because I am, I am frustrated, and it's because of that or this or them or her or him. And I want to bring so many people in that, that, that maybe we can get something done with this frustration. Our energy level goes what? We're at work, and our boss is going, man, this guy was great six weeks ago. But his energy, he's getting lazy on us now. Because something happened. Something happened during the week, during the month, that didn't go our way because it didn't line up with me, I. So many people will get tuned into the radio station, W-I-I-F-M. W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? And we get tuned in that radio station that, that sometimes things happen good for us during the frustrated stage. And then we like to stay tuned into that station. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Tell you what, when you're frustrated, all your yeses turn into what? Nope, not today. If the rest of the crew was doing it, I'd do it. But I did it for the last six weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, and I, I'm tired of doing it. You find somebody else who can do it. You wouldn't like that when you just got the job or you needed the job. Churches are the same way. Oh, we're all excited. Oh, my goodness. I found this great church. The pastor's wonderful. His wife is wonderful. Let one little thing change. And they're trying to find people in the congregation that they can team up with and say, can you believe he said that? Can you believe they asked me not to wear that? Can you believe that they are speaking Hebrew? I like everything else, but I don't like the Hebrew. So excitement, four to six weeks. Frustration lasts anywhere from a day to life. Frustration, we control with our attitude. So what do we start doing? When people stay frustrated long enough, they go to phase three, and they what? They start looking Start looking. What are they looking for? Looking for excitement. Looking for a new church. 
looking for a new marriage. Looking for a new, a new, a new, a new. I remember the time when Kelly and I, this is little simple, but it's, 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 we bought a brand new Nissan Quest van. Yeah, we went from the little sports cars, now we're a family. We have the van, I promise, I said, we're not putting a little soccer mom on the back with all the, we're not putting the dogs and all the kids, the kid, no, we're not doing that. This is a van, and we were so excited about the van, we were so excited about it, that we told our three kids, no eating in this van. I remember the first four to six weeks, Mark, I'd pull out that little scarf and, Soon as one of the, soon as one of the uh, headlights had that little bit of foam on it, you were looking for that stuff to spray. And first four to six weeks, I opened the door to get in, and I see a little speck of white on the dark blue carpet. And you get in, ain't no eating in this van. Remember that, Kelly? But guess what? Things happen. It's raining. You're at a soccer game, and Julie and Mac asked us to take their three children with us, and we got to go to Ramey's soccer game, which is 10 minutes away at another field, and it's 12.15. We have to eat. Now we have a what? A van full of french fries on the ground. We got, uh, I know I'm not the only one. Where that ketchup pack hits the ground and the kids walk out with their cleats and <laughs> what settles in? What settles in? Frustration. Now we don't like our van no more. What do we do? I'm gonna go find me another. I need one of those SUVs. Our spiritual lives are no different. Our spiritual lives are no different. When we're in a situation where we are thriving for excellence, excellence comes with excitement. When I first came to this church, I was so excited. And what I had to do is I had to recommit. I had to recommit. Every time something didn't go my way, I had to go back to, in the beginning, what does our Savior tell us? In the beginning was the Word. Sister Tammy says, we need to go back where? To the garden. So I had to sit at the kitchen table with my wife and say, yeah, it's an hour and 20 minutes away. And I, but Mark, you remember what it was like the first time we went there? You remember all the narratives we changed in our lives? You remember the miracles that started happening? You remember how positive we were and we talked a lot, even though a lot of our loved ones in other churches didn't understand what we were saying and it was okay with us? Why is it not okay with us now? Because we're frustrated. I don't want to talk about the church anymore. I don't want to talk about Hebrew roots anymore. I'm going to just go. You know what we have to do? We had to recommit to in the beginning. Because this is where I was able to do the most in my spiritual walk. 
Because when we're excited, when we're excited, we are full of what? J-O-Y, joy. J-O-Y, joy. So if I'm going to go back to the beginning, Jeremiah went back into the word. He says in John, if you abide in me, I will abide in you, and I will bring you much joy. He'll give us whatever we ask. I had to start reminding myself of all those scriptures that got me excited to begin with because then I had peace, and I knew that in his presence was the fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I could be strong in the spirit and stay excited no matter what came my way. It took me four days in the COVID unit to realize I got to get back. How am I going to get back? I have to have the spirit of gratitude. I don't know if I spell it G-R-A-T. I have to have a spirit of gratitude. How do I have a spirit of gratitude? I have to have a spirit of thanksgiving. Have you ever ate at a restaurant? Of course, now they put it they put it on your bill. But have you ever ate at a restaurant and you got great service? You gave them a what? A gratuity. Because it was well-deserved. You outdid yourself, young man. You outdid yourself, young lady. You made me excited about this meal. Because I tell you what, you got a, a great waiter. No matter what the food, how it comes out or what little challenges you might have, if you got a great waiter, waitress, that gratuity is going to be great. And we have to be that kind of servant that no matter what's happening around us, whatever our friends are being served, they're going to look at us because we're doing what, Jared? We're helping. We're serving. Did you see today I'm talking about gratitude? And he stands up here and talks about gratitude. Scott stands up here and talks about gratitude. His wife stands up here and talks about how great the servants are in this building. I talked to Scott yesterday, man. We were over at my. I said, bro, you 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 eating all my jello, man. I said, that's what I'm talking about tomorrow. Is how great. I said, I hope they receive this because I'm talking to the choir here. But even the choir, even the choir can get frustrated. I don't like the color of the rose. I don't believe we're going to sing that song. But when you're singing your song, you like, hallelujah. But when you're singing a song you're not crazy about, it's just like, the voice inflection, the body language. You mean we all got to wear the same color shoes? What about, what about individuality? What about God's word, a cod? See, when you're in a cod, you're going to get excited. That first day of Sukkot, we're what? Excited. That 11th day of Sukkot, we, we need to get what? even more excited about bringing that spirit back to this building. 
bringing that spirit to the highways and the byways. Sukkot is so much fun. Do you realize what we spend sometimes when we don't have it just so that we can put some lights up? Just a couple. A couple of lights, like Kelly told me. A couple years ago, she said, okay, that's all we're buying. She was at one of the stores with us. Okay. I'll get a little extra money on the side. I go buy another three rolls, another four rolls. I show up. It's a coach. She's like, are you kidding me? Where did we get all those? But her frustration turned immediately to excitement because that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And the narrative stopped immediately. We have the privilege of listening to Halisa and Bill and Brad Scott when he was here and Chumney and all those great, incredible people. But when I was growing up, a lot of us in here, 60 or younger, when we grew up, we used to listen to a guy named Chuck Swindoll. And Chuck Swindoll had something to say, and I put it in a uh, laminate. I think when you have something great to say, laminate it. When you have something to share, laminate it. If I were Moses, I'd have taken them Ten Commandments and laminated them. But Chuck Swindoll says, he says something about attitude. He said, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures than successes, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a family, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with us. We are in charge of our attitudes. In Ecclesiastics, it says, um, a wise man's heart directs him towards the right, but a foolish man's heart directs him towards the left. Isn't it amazing, right, left? The left is foolish in the political world. You don't think he knew that? We think somebody came up with this great, oh, the left, the left. The left side in the football field is the weak side. You're foolish. You're weak. But wisdom, wisdom is maturity. They say that wisdom and maturity comes with old age. Sometimes old age travels alone and by itself. Sometimes we think just because you're old, you're wise, and you're mature. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes some men's theological Wisdom, the stuff they learn in college, 
is so much less than their relationship with the king. Oh, they can talk a good talk. They can preach a good preach. But what are they walking? And we have a blessing of learning and listening to some great people in here. And I'm not just talking about on the pulpit. I'm talking about during Oneg. I'm talking about in tour study. The things that Kelly shares with me after tour study, she's able to chew the meat and spit out the bones. And we drive home and she can share all the meat. And I go, wow, there's some wisdom. And when I see that wisdom outside of the church, they're walking it. We have a lot of people in here who have a gift of allowing people and making people what? Excited. We heard them today. They were what? That yes was, now it's my turn to reciprocate this. Now I've just had 13 people show up, and I know how it's done. I want to be in that 13 if somebody else has something to do. Tammy, if you could, could you read in Philippians chapter 4, start with verse 4 if you could, and read 4. Through nine. Rejoice in Yahweh always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Adonai is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to Elohim. And the peace of Elohim, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. Finally, brethren. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the Elohim of peace will be with you. So would everybody agree that these things are going to happen? These things are going to happen. If you're a living human being, these are going to happen. In James chapter 1, 19, it says, Therefore, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath or to anger. What he's saying is, don't get so angry so fast. It's so easy for us to not hear, talk fast, and get angry when we're frustrated. And here, this man James is giving us just a little nugget to say, this is the way our king wants us to do. Be slow to anger. Have great ears. Slow down your talk. Be swift to hear. How many people in this room want to live a fulfilled life with a great attitude? A 
I love that finger curl. I love it. She's like, a lot of people were here. She's like, I got you. That's the way we got to be. Got to be. If we, that, that, that says so much because if we want a good attitude, we need to, we need, we need to look up. Like Doug said, Doug said several months ago, look up for our redemptive what? Draw us nigh. When that happens, we're going to be excited. In spite of what happens, what's going on, it's in the word, and we got to get excited about it. Don't be so upset if you get affliction put in your life. Because God will take all things and turn it around for his good for those who love the Lord and call him. Out of this entire church, out of this entire church, my arrogant brain, because I didn't have no mental flaws, thought that I would be the last one to suffer from COVID. I'm the healthy one. Some guys in here call me coach. But God knew how to get to this coach and humble him and put him in affliction. I had a pastor in Slidell tell me, went to see his church one Sunday. And he said, oh, brother, that's, that's from the devil. You can't, God. I said, no, okay, okay. Let's just say it's from the devil. I'm going to agree with you for one second. But he'll take the devil and turn it around for my good because I love the Lord and I'm called according to service. So he used this affliction to wake me up and give me a better attitude. Because you know what I want? I want to live a fulfilled life. He gave me a second chance. He gave me an opportunity to live a fulfilled life. So what we're going to do is we are going to. We're going to go into what Tammy just read. And we are going to note exactly what he says in that wonderful Philippians. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say rejoice. Always. We need to celebrate God. In the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because if we're his child, he's going to turn around whatever it is for his good. I'm a walking example. Herman is going to be a walking example. The joy that this man has been walking the last years in his suffering and have a wife like his who sees him struggling just to get out of bed every day. Not five minutes to get out of bed, not ten. Sometimes 45 minutes to an hour just to get up and turn and say, okay, I got to walk. And do that Shabbat after Shabbat after Shabbat after Shabbat after Shabbat. The courage. Why does he do it? The very first thing we wrote on the other side, excitement. Because he's excited to see you. When you don't show up, something's missing. It's such a blessing for him to be seen, and to see his courage and his strength. Why? Because he celebrates. You know what else he says here, Philippians? Tammy, you said it so graciously. 
be anxious for nothing, but in everything. I'm sorry, five, it says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Add value to people. Let our experience with our Heavenly Father, he wants us to be known to all men. How do we do that? All through the Bible, it says servant. Servant. So if you want to live a successful, fulfillful life, we need to celebrate him every day. We need to add value to people's lives. Those people who came and showed up at my home, the names are just too many to, to mention, they added value to my life. I would have had to pay somebody to do that. So there is a monetary value besides the gratitude that these guys spoke about today. Number three, give all your concerns. It says in six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, to Yahweh, to Yah. Give Yah your concerns. This guy's given us a hot, hot points on how to live a successful life. How do you start? Start at the day you, the time you wake up in the morning and celebrate Yah. Put on some praise and worship move, music. Kelly and I wake up at 5 o'clock every morning. We wasn't doing it before COVID. It's every now and then. It depends on if we were excited or not. If something great was happening in our life, oh, we're going to get excited. Let's put on some praise and worship. Every morning we get up at 5 o'clock. Boom. We have a harp that wakes us up. A harp. As soon as that harp wakes us up, Boom, praise and worship. Holy water. Play some holy water. Play good God Almighty. Play the voice of God. Play gratitude. Before we know it, man, I got to get to work. Experience the wholeness of God. Experience the wholeness of God. The entire narrative that we are reading right now in the Omer is Psalms 119. And some, Psalms 119, over and over and over again, it talks about what? How do we do that? Obey his laws, commandments, precepts, statutes. It gives me joy, he says. I take joy in your affliction. I take joy in your ordinances over and over and over again. With what's fixing to happen in a couple of months in Tennessee, revive. It talks about your word revives me. Your commandments revive me. Your statues re revive me. My obedience to you revive me. You know how many times it says revive in 119? It's too many to count. And I'm here to tell you, when I was in COVID and didn't have my phone for three, four, five days, I had to read his word. I had to, I had to listen to people who walked in. They volunteered to be in that room. They volunteered to be in that room. And for 14 days, all I saw was eyes. You see nothing else but eyes. They have a hat on. They have a mask on. They have a shield on. They have goggles on trying to breathe. 
They have spacesuits on, rubber gloves on. You don't see nails. You don't see nothing. You don't see a smile. And it woke me up when I realized the eyes are the windows of the soul. All I was seeing is their souls, their concern, their wisdom. All I saw was these people who cared about me and didn't even know me. We want to go to Pakistan. We want to go to India. We want to go to all these places and preach the gospel. But we won't even cross the street and tell our neighbor. You mind if I pray for you today? What a missionary feel crossing the street. Maybe cutting their grass for them. Maybe serving them. Only a great attitude is going to allow us to do that. Experience the wholeness of Yah. We experience the wholeness of Yah. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, of good repute, if there is excellence and if anything worthy of praise dwell on these things. You want to experience the wholeness of God? If you don't remember anything that I just said in that verse 8, you can read it. Philippians 4.8. Or let me sum it up with three words. Pure, the powerful, and the positive. Those are the only things that should be coming to these ears. The only thing that we should be speaking out of our mouth. The only thing that we should be wearing. The only thing that we should be eating. Is the pure, the powerful, and the positive. That line up with his words. Because that's true obedience. And obedience brings blessings. And blessings bring excitement. And excitement brings smiles, energy, positive talk, the yes word, an attitude of gratitude, recommit. Frustration is going to come, but recommit. Know that he is Yah and know that he has got this. How do we do this? Well, we must be teachable. We have to have a teachable spirit. I can't tell you how many times I sat with these people with my wife and sometimes alone and got counsel for foolish things. And, and Tammy would say, you know, you might want to consider. You know, you might want to consider Paul Mitchell. Are you kidding me? People know me. 20 years? The money? Y'all going to be missing quite a Quite a bit of tithe, quick. That's what's just going on in my brain. I remember saying, Are you really? Really? That's a lot of money. And I remember Mark saying, Hey, we're not about nickels and noses. We're about the truth. We're about setting people free. You know, you might want to consider quitting Paul Mitchell. Because Paul, Paul Mitchell identified who I was for 20 years. I was the Paul Mitchell guy, I wasn't the Christian. I was the Paul Mitchell guy. And guess what we had with Paul Mitchell? We had a dress code. We had a dress code. When you walked into a salon, you had to be dressed like this. 
oh, it was easy to follow those rules because they paying me. I'm the Paul Mitchell guy. I got to go by their rules, regulations, because I've got to touch people's lives in the salon industry. Let me tell you something. When I took that advice, when I realized I need to be teachable and have a teachable spirit and I quit Paul Mitchell, my life changed. My life changed. My finances changed. I realized that you don't have to work on Saturday. I realized that your house can sell for four times what you paid for it in the same year that I considered. 2009, remember that? Take responsibility for our attitude. We have to take responsibility for our attitude. Listen to this close, man. We blame everybody else. Take advantage of the opportunity to say, I am an idiot. I am someone who carries ego. You know what ego stands for? E-G-O, edging God out. No, God, I got this. I got this, Lord. I'm, a, I'm an MMA fighter. I've got muscles. Let me tell you something, man. In 14 days, he took every muscle on my body gone. And he said, in the omers that I've been reading, he says, Mark Morgan, I'm going to rebuild your strength. But it ain't chariots and horses and swords. But by my spirit, you're going to be a stronger man than you ever physically looked like. You talk about get excited. But what do I have to do to keep that excitement before that frustration comes in? Because every time I look in a mirror, I go, ooh, that's a skinny man. It's easy to get frustrated. But I got to realize, yeah, but you're building me up. You're building my spirit up. You're going to make me strong and mighty. You're going to give me opportunities to be teachable. Take responsibility for your attitude. There was a man working on a construction site. Him and his buddy, they broke for lunch. Pulled off his hard hat. He sat down there. He opened up his little brown bag. He opened it up, took out, and said, oh, are you kidding me? Baloney again? This is the fourth time this week I've got baloney. Why baloney? I hate baloney. I eat baloney. I'm tired of baloney. And the guy said, whoa, dude, relax, man. You can fix this. You can fix this, man. Change your attitude. You're too angry. Relax. Just go home. Tell your wife, honey, leave my wife out of it, he said. Leave her out of it. Quit talking about my wife. I made the sandwich. When I heard that, I realized that, Scott, many times I packed my own baloney. And I wonder why I'm frustrated. I brought this upon myself. I committed that sin. I decided to do that which wasn't lining up with God's word. God, why are you doing this to me? I hear a God. And Yeshua says, hey, don't blame my daddy. Don't blame my daddy. You packed that bag, Mark. Take responsibility. Travel the high road. Travel. Travel the high road. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is, it goes on and on and on and on. You know how you do that? 
you take the high road. There's the high road and the low road. You know what the low, low road is? You treat somebody worse than what they just treated you. Treated you. They're so frustrated, they don't, they don't, I can't they treat you. Oh, man. Then, then just take the middle road, which is wrong. Treat them the same way that they treat you. See, if we want to be successful, we got to travel the high road. And we have to do today, and I'm going to end with this. We have got to understand the value of attitude. Our attitude determines our altitude in life. Our altitude determines the outlook. You know, when we're up here, things look really good. That's why an eagle is so powerful and a chicken is so pitiful. That's why our Heavenly Father says, you eat a chicken, but don't eat that eagle. Don't eat that eagle. Because you know the higher he gets, the better he can see his prey. You know the higher we get in God's word, in Yahweh's word, the better we can see before the devil gets us. We're prepared. We're going to have that strength, spiritual strength. Understand the value of attitude. And if attitude determines altitude, altitude, I mean, uh, uh, altitude, uh, then, then, then our altitude is going to determine the what? The outcome. The outcome, or maybe our income, however you want to look at it. But I know a lot of people's income started to change when their attitude started to change. If you're going to hire somebody with a good attitude or bad attitude, but they're, I mean, they're, they're exactly alike. Their skill levels are exactly alike. Bad attitude, good attitude. Who are you going to hire? See, God wants us. He wants to hire us today. But we got to be that person with the good attitude. All you young girls, I think about y'all so much when I think about what happened at Sukkot. But do you remember at Sukkot what happened? Y'all had a, like a euphoria of excellence. A euphoria of, 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 of excitement. Remember that? And boy, y'all could do anything the rest of the week. Yes, yes. Oh, we feel so good. I love you. You think it was just, y'all were oozing. You were oozing. We could see it, man. We could see what you're doing. It's like, it's like taking a, a Twinkie and squeezing it, and that the good stuff just comes out. And for days, it was just like, ugh. I saw Don, too. Don was so high that week of, of, of excitement that you could have went up to Don and went, and Don would have went, I love you. I love you. Hey, big man. I know I got hit with him by one, one time, like to put me out. We were sparring one time years ago, and I was trying to take him down. I took him down one time. We got back up. I go to take him down again. And just... Remember that, Remember that? Woo! But I'm here to tell you, you guys can get that same feeling back, but you got to go to that place. And you got to realize, what got me today? How did I get excited? Because you made a decision that day. You made a decision to line up in Yah's word and to do the things that he's called you to do. And we need more youth like Jeremiah to stand up here and say, this is where I was. This is where I am. 
And the reason I'm there is because of this right here. Nothing my mama said, nothing I ate, nothing I did. It's because I decided to go to the Word. The glory of the Lord. Incredible. Redeemed.